And welcome back to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. We are live on Wednesday, November the 24th. That's right. It is one day before we get to gorge ourselves for like 24 hours um, and then take a lot of naps and watch a lot of sports because there's a lot of college basketball going on this weekend as well. But we are focusing today on football. I'm joined as always by my co-host Jack Wallace and Jack just pre-Thanksgiving thoughts thoughts before a weekend of great and phenomenal football well I'm very excited for it there's nothing I love more than seeing some good quality Thanksgiving football and this year uh, we may or may not actually get it but we are going to get some football nevertheless so I, I am excited for that I'm always, always happy to get some good time here. Also, back at home is nice. We haven't had a podcast for me being at home in uh, quite a few months, so it's nice for me to uh, get back a little bit. Um, I think actually the last time we had a podcast here from home was right in the middle of lockdown at TCU because I don't really think we did much over the summer. Yeah, so, um, sounds yeah, it's been right. a minute. Been a minute. Obviously, no lockdown anymore. Thank God, knock on wood. But we are still doing fine. And uh, we're doing our basically this is our third crack at episode 318. We've been trying to get this episode in some form one way or another, but we decided that it made a lot of sense to go ahead and say, why not just bunch it all in and make it all about Thanksgiving? And that's what we're going to give you all today. So we're going all in on all that. And then we're going to have picks in for college football it is our final college football regular season pick week, which is very surprising to see. But it's our last one of the season. And then we're going to have a separate one for all of the um, conference championship games like we did last year. And we'll have a whole thing for that, too. And then we will finish it off with uh, our bowl season picks, which is my personal favorite pick of the year as we go through all the bowl games, which that's just so fun because you, we always do so randomly because it's bowl games. I mean, it's so hard to predict that. So we always have a lot of fun. Um, and then NFL picks, we're going to get to those. And that'll be week um, that'll be week 12 picks for this weekend which is, of course, the weekend of um, Thanksgiving. We both went 10-5 and five this week in the NFL, which is very solid. And uh, I'm leading that at 151-1. and one. Noah behind at 93-58-1, which, by the way, kudos to both of us for doing incredibly well with NFL picks this year. And uh, then college football, a little less, but still really solid winning records at 82-50 and 50 for Noah and 80-52 and 52 for me. And I know I got to pick at least uh, three different here, if I want any chance of winning. So I'm going to go uh, tinker with that a little bit. But if you want to start things out, we got the college football playoff rankings back up again. Again, they're getting a little less controversial. Or are they? I want to hear your thoughts. That's, that is my thought exactly is, or are they? Because I don't think it's that the rankings get any less controversial. I think we all just kind of accept them after a couple of weeks and the committee does this hypnotic spell on our minds where now we're watching football and we're thinking about, oh, what would the committee think? What would the committee think about this? And we have to go off these like illogical committee points. Um, and then eventually the season just kind of molds around what, uh, what we think that the committee uh, would want and what we uh, see that the committee has done. And we're like, oh, m well, maybe Ohio State is better than Cincinnati. Um, and that was th certainly the case this last weekend. Uh, we saw a couple of teams take a huge 
tumble, um, as in Oklahoma going all the way down to I am on the wrong uh, I'm on the wrong one. Oklahoma actually rose it's, up. It's right up here. You yeah. can see it on the screen if for anyone watching. I, I, I have, I have it, it on too. the screen, but you only have the top eight. I, I want to look at the whole uh, shebang here. Oregon and Michigan State being right next to each other is an interesting uh, interesting dynamic there. Uh, Oregon dropped eight spots after a shellacking at the hands of Utah and then Michigan State who got killed by a better team uh, in Ohio State, but gosh, I don't know about 49. I, I, that's that's a little whatever. Yeah. But but is the number 12 ranking justified? Because you played a really solid season. You did have a bad loss to Purdue, and then you get blown up here. And I get that what you talked about last week where we both agreed that Ohio State was going to win this game easily, but then your big point about the passing defense being terrible obviously got exploited very, very quickly and decisively in that game. The question is, is did they deserve to drop five spots down and be number 12? Well, here's where the committee gets in your head here. Here's where you go with thinking like the committee because Oregon is purely getting ranked ahead of Michigan State and Michigan State being behind Oregon, I think, is how it really came down to it is like we can't put Michigan State ahead of Oregon because Oregon beat Ohio State in the shoe where Michigan State just got absolutely crushed last week. And that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I think I think Ole, I think Ole Miss is very I, I still think that Ole Miss at nine is decent and I could see them being better than Baylor. I still don't understand why Wisconsin is the thirteenth, fourteenth ranked in the country. 15th, I've had arguments with 14th. friends of mine about this, and and a lot of them are keep trying to tell me that Wisconsin deserves a top fifteen spot, and I'm like, why? What have they done to earn anything? Who have they? I don't beaten? understand. Who have like, they beaten? Like, do, do you think that Texas A&M is a worse team than Wisconsin with the same record? They lost forty-one to thirteen against Notre Dame. They lost Penn State first game of the season. I can forgive that. First game of the season. Yeah. They beat 25 at the time Purdue 30 to 13. I don't think anyone thought that Purdue was really going to win that game despite them being 25 at the time. I think that was I yes Purdue got two top 5 uh top 5 wins, top 2 wins uh this year. However, that's not who Purdue is, and I think those were both incredibly flawed teams, um, as we've seen down the stretch of the season. So I think we're giving Wisconsin far too much credit for being per, for beating Purdue and Iowa because I don't think either of those teams were very good to begin with. Um, and again, again with the same point from last week, we really don't have 25 teams that you can definitively say, okay, yes, they are good teams. Um, but I think the top 15 should at least be reserved for teams that we think are really, really good. Um, and before Thanksgiving, I just want to get this out of the way. I, I want to, me and the committee, we've had our differences. I think, I think we've all had our differences with, uh, the committee, which how, how dystopian is it that we're just referring to this as the committee, like some just rogue group of people sitting in a dark room somewhere, uh, pulling the strings, the committee Apparently. sounds like a I, I did. I did have to ask you though before you. I I, I have to have to see the, this important point. Given that, and I agree with this, that Wisconsin being in the top fifteen is a little egregious. 
and you have to reserve the top 15 for the best teams in the country. Given you can say A&M at 15, keep them in. I Frankly, I would keep them in. Who are you putting in in place of Wisconsin? Iowa, Pittsburgh, Wake, Utah, NC State, San Diego State, UTSA, Clemson, Houston, Arkansas. That's your remaining top 25. Any of those teams you would put in above them? Which is what I'm saying. I, I There there <laughs> aren't as many good teams this year, in my opinion. Um, I mean, if I – Heck, if I had it my way, we'd probably put San Diego State or UTSA up there. I'm a Group of Five supporter. I think I'm, I think they'd be better. I, think I am a supporter of good records. Yeah, at the end of the day, and that's the point that I've made too. Is at the end of the day, if your schedule is your schedule, your job is to win. And if right. you win those games and you win what you have, the excuse can't really be in December oh, well, you should have scheduled this team at this week instead. Because if you're the team, you're basically saying, what do you do? What do you do at that point if you can't do anything? And then that's and that's the biggest issue I have here. And I understand that if you're talking about is UTSA at 11-0 at UGA's level at 11-0, and I think it's safe to assume they're not. I, I think we can definitively say that even without them. They, I mean, they will not play with each other this season. So – I get head-to-head, we'll never actually know if 2021 UTSA could beat 2021 UGA. But I think it's also safe to say that, I mean, the the quality of talent across both those boards and across what they've played is comically different, and the teams are probably pretty safe to say they're not going to win that game. And and I think the interesting thing to point out here is that now, take this stat for what you will. I, I'm not entirely sure of the formula and how it's compiled, but it, it's the strength of record stat, which yeah. uh, factors in your record as well as your strength of schedule. Um, UTSA is ninth on that list. They could easily be a top 15 team. And you know what? It is and they actually- are the the AP does have them as a top. It is actually team. inconsequential to put them at number 14 or 15. What is the difference? What None. is the difference? You just want, yeah, it's money. That's the it's difference. ratings. That's the difference. No, no one's going to turn on the TV to watch UTS 15th ranked UTSA, but they might turn on the TV to watch if, uh, 14th best team in the country, Wisconsin, is losing at the end of a ball game. You know what I'm saying? My, my last question for you here is given these top eight teams, or oops, top eight teams all right here, do you think these, because I mean, these are, I mean, you'd say the top eight most relevant teams with the best shots of anything. I get, oops. Uh, you can also, okay, I guess I screwed that up. Um, you can count a little bit past that, but not a whole lot. But do you think these teams are in the correct order and these are the top eight teams in the country right now? The way it shakes out, yes, I do. I think you there's arguments to be made that Ole Miss or Oklahoma are a top eight team. Um, but but Oklahoma I Oklahoma State's that- better than Notre Dame. I'll make that point. I think Oklahoma State. I, Oklahoma State has impressed me the last few weeks a lot more than I thought they would. I think so as well, but I think they're giving Notre Dame the benefit of the doubt uh, because yeah. Notre Dame's loss was to Cincinnati, whereas Oklahoma yeah. State's loss. Yeah, was that's Iowa true. State. That's, that's true. That's where they're getting the six v seven. 
Well, and then the other difference too, which is another point to be made that I'm, I haven't brought up yet, which I think is very fair, is that if you're Oklahoma State, you have a very obvious and clear path to hop Notre Dame, and that's this weekend. Yes. Because if you play Oklahoma and you beat the snot out of Oklahoma, which is not a guarantee, but it's very possible, and again, you're favored. It's at home. It's in Boone Pickens. If you can go out there and smack Oklahoma – no, I don't know what else Notre Dame's going to say to that because if you look at Notre Dame's schedule, obviously a lot of it's fairly weak. And if you go out there and really, really play a good, tough, hard game, that's going to be pretty important. And so I get that both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are each ten and one. They're each seven and one of the Big Twelve. They're very close by. I mean, that's why they're only three spots separated. But then in Notre Dame, who do you play this week? You play you play Stanford. One of the line is on that game right now. A, a lot to a little. It's 19 and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Notre yeah. Dame. Is, it's, their schedule has not been hard. They've only played a handful of tough teams, and they did all right against them. I'll give them credit for the Virginia win because the Virginia at least is bowl eligible. I mean, unlike Florida State win, the Tol- I mean, well, Toledo is too, but it's Toledo and the MAC, and they've lost four games. So it's Notre Dame has not played an extremely and, difficult schedule this season. And so what I want to do here is I want to take you through some scenarios of what you think, uh, maybe a couple of things that you think could happen. Let's really talk this out here. Um, Because going into this weekend, this is sort of the penultimate weekend of college football. Conference championship uh, week being sort of the witching hour reckoning uh, that we're sort of thinking of. But rivalry week is going to give us a really good, I think, um, idea of who is going to make the playoffs. So let's go through some hypotheticals here. Ohio State loses. <laughs> Do we get Georgia? <laughs> that that alone is already like would be yeah, insane. No, it's, Nothing it's, else could happen this week. It's a hypothetical for a reason, Jack. It's I know, no, I know, no, no, I know. I'm just saying. Oh, no, I want it to happen. Trust me, I want it to happen. That'd be hilarious. But do we then get Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Cincinnati, or do you see a different order there? Well, do you think if you Oklahoma actually, State, if you want to. There's, there's multiple things that have to happen for these scenarios to happen. Oklahoma State's in a pretty good position right now. But if Oklahoma State wins out, do you think they jump Cincinnati? Both teams went out. It's hard because their potential best win hasn't occurred yet. That's what's hard, is that Cincinnati already has their best win. So for them, it's like... Though the one difference is, is that beating... I think Houston is heavily underrated. And I think that Houston can actually be a problem for Cincy. And I they're ten and one. They've looked really good. Their one loss was way back in game one. It was a, it was not a great loss, Texas Tech. I mean, not like a world ending loss, it's not like a not, Stanford loss. But it's, it's, it's not a given. I'm with you there. It's not a given that Cincinnati's going to win out here because the only givens, and we have, I mean, I, we have the the five thirty eight up here, which we've been using this for odds a lot. But with 538, I mean, you go, go ahead and you know Georgia's going to beat Georgia Tech. As funny as that would be to lose that, but <laughs> they're going to win that game. Bama's going to win. Cincy's going to win. And then if you take Ohio State out, look what that does. 
So basically nearly eliminates Ohio State. They're not going to make it. Michigan's odds are incredibly high. Michigan's in. Michigan's Michigan, in. Minus a complete disaster, Michigan will be in. And then you have, and obviously win that by default, and then Oklahoma State, let's say they win. So you eliminate Oklahoma. You That's 59 is still pretty good. Notre Dame's going to win. And then you have Baylor, Texas Tech. Let's say they win that game, which nearly eliminates Oklahoma because then it's going to it's going to be Baylor and Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve Championship. And then Oregon winning and losing really doesn't affect much. And then after that, you're kind of getting nowheresville. So, yeah. with so who are the teams win, right now? And let's take out the Oregon win because Oregon's basically gone anyway. Yes. Yeah. Who are the teams right now that? can possibly make a playoff obviously all the teams you can't okay well if we reset all this just for the sake of it you reset it even if oregon wins out their odds are still only 20 they're not making the playoff well i'm saying the only way oregon they gotta have a bunch of teams really screw up but can so baylor is probably out we're not gonna see a two loss big 12 champion but they're not going to the Big 12 championship, are they? Unless someone just blows a gasket here. Hmm. Okay, so Baylor actually does have a path. And it would have to involve a lot of losing. But Baylor only really needs one game to go their way. Yeah, because the Ohio State game really don't even affect them that much. Even if Ohio State wins that, it really doesn't matter. But they so still Baylor have needs. Losses. Who are you going to put a two-loss Baylor in over an undefeated Notre Dame? According to this, probably. I mean, it's Baylor even with two losses. This also this means that Oklahoma needs to um, needs to lose. If Oklahoma right. wins, Baylor's Baylor's done. Right. Because see, yeah, if if. I'm I'm going through I'm working the puzzle right now to find out how we can get Baylor into the playoff, even though neither of us wants that to happen, obviously. Well, Baylor obviously has to win out, and then Notre Dame losing to Stanford, which I mean, I know we're playing around with this. That would be a monumental upset. But yeah, Notre Dame being out would be immensely helpful. Oregon being out would be immensely helpful. And then oops. It's basically uh, a coin toss. So this is what would have to happen for Baylor to make the playoff. I think there are a couple of different scenarios, but this is the one that I'm seeing. Georgia, Alabama win. Cincinnati and Ohio State both lose. Or Cincinnati wins. No, know. they both can win. They both can win. Because it's you don't, you don't even need both to lose that. Because, I mean, look at the screen right now. If Baylor has an 88% chance to make it, if they win out, Oregon loses, Notre Dame loses. but And Ohio State wins. Here is where we make and if And if Georgia wins out, if Georgia wins out, because then you have Alabama being at two losses, and a two-loss non-SEC champion Alabama versus a two-loss Big 12 champion Baylor. 
That's, they're just going to give Bama the. Then they're just going to give that's Bama the, the exact to scenario that I'm seeing. I don't think Baylor has a path to get in because I think Alabama is blocking the door wherever they go. Unless Bama loses this weekend, if Baylor has, yeah, if if Baylor has a path to the playoff, I think Alabama takes their spot no matter what. Yeah, some of these are tough because I try to do I try to do some more fiddling with it, and then it just yells at me and, and makes me reset it. Um, but yeah, that's Baylor's. And then if you want to go ahead and just for the sake of this, uh, I don't know how to reset it, so I'll just manually do it. But uh, if you want to then reset it and see, I don't know if there's any way for Oregon to really make it at this point. No, that seems no, pretty much out. impossible. Like I said, um, any two-loss team that, that you see, I'm pretty sure Bama would get the best of them or uh, get the benefit of the doubt over them. No two-loss. Uh, well, yeah, with any the of these teams. Unless it's Bama. Bama was the first non-conference uh, champion other than Notre Dame to make the playoff. They Here's my question. They got in. Here's my question to you. And if you look at the screen, I think it gives you the answer. If Alabama wins, Bama beats Auburn, Bama beats Georgia. Cincinnati wins out. Ohio State wins out. Oklahoma State wins out. Since he's probably not making the playoffs. Yeah. No, you're right. I think they bump him for Georgia. Which might be fair. As much as I would hate that, it, it could be fair. But what about if Oklahoma wins out? Are they going to put? Are they going to bump Cincinnati or are they going to bump Oklahoma at that point? According to this, it's pretty tight. I think. I think at that point you're going to be depending on how much you win by. I think it's going to be down to how those games look because it's going to be an Ohio State TCU situation. Here's the thing. If, if Oklahoma beats the absolute crap out of Oklahoma State this weekend and then they play Oklahoma State again in the Big 12 championship and beat them badly again, then I think they're probably in. Yeah. If they really manhandle them. Circa, you've seen how, circa, like, circa 2017 Oklahoma. Yeah, like Oklahoma, like, Oklahoma State's a good team. Yeah, Oklahoma you State's just, a good team. If they, you just replace TCU – with Oklahoma State, and this is 2017 all over again as far as OU goes. And we can now move on to our picks. I know we're already talking about these games, so we can go ahead and dive right into them. And for college football, rivalry week, first game up is the Egg Bowl. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, the winner, claims victory over the Magnolia State of Mississippi. And this game is always a tradition for us to watch here at home. My mom being from Mississippi, we always like to watch this game. And this year, we actually could have a pretty fun game. Now, of course, we had uh, the most infamous game in quite a while last year with the uh, Ole Miss player deciding to imitate a dog uh, using the restroom, uh, to so kindly say, uh, on the goalpost, which ended up losing the game for them, which was quite the uh, interesting uh, result. But this year, I think it'll be a little different. Uh, Ole Miss is coming into this game with a fantastic offense and iffy defense, and Mississippi State coming into this game with a very bizarre team that's won a lot of top 25 games and then lost a lot of bad games. So 
very bizarre teams here, but also pretty entertaining teams. Uh, this is ranked versus unranked. Mississippi State coming in, uh, finally falling out of the polls. Mississippi coming in at number nine, uh, all, even though they're only two games ahead of the Bulldogs. Uh, even though this game is in Mississippi State and uh, Ole Miss is coming in top ten, Mississippi State is indeed ranked in this game. Or sorry, Mississippi State is uh, sorry favored in this game. And I'm still going to go with Ole Miss. I know they're not favored here. I get that major alarm should go off if a top 10 team is a not favored, unranked on the road. But I also get that it's a rivalry game. And rivalry games are silly and goofy and dumb. And they always go crazy. But Ole Miss, you blew last year really, really badly. And I think they're going to be really mad about that. I think they're going to come into this game angry. They, they blew their shot at home last year. It was a weird 2020 season, and now you're back to 21, a chance to go in and steal it away in Starkville. I got a good feeling about Mississippi in this one. I think they're going to come out and play hard, and they're going to come out and realize they are the better team. They are much better on paper. That's been known all season. It's just, is it going to be a weird, crazy rivalry game? And I think it will be. I think it's going to be way closer than it should be. I think that two-point line is pretty fair, even though this should be a clean win for Mississippi. But I'm excited about this one. I got Ole Miss. You know, I'm going to go with Mississippi State here. I think Mississippi State's a little bit tougher in the trenches. Um, I don't think Mississippi, or I don't think Ole Miss, that is, has a defense at all. And, I mean, you look at how the two quarterbacks are stacked up. I know Matt Corral is more of a dual threat guy, but Will Rogers is over here throwing for 34 touchdowns and eight interceptions on the year, having a really great year. They're they're beating everyone. Yeah, state's not going to run. State not, will not, not run the ball at all this not game. Not beating everyone. They're beating everyone on offense. That is, they're scoring on everyone, not named Alabama. So I think they can score on Mississippi on Ole Miss. That is enough uh, to get this done at the end of the game. I'm probably not going to bet it. I may touch the total a little bit. Um, I I may end up taking the over there. Uh, but but. I'm going to go with Mississippi State just for the sake of the podcast because I think they're going to get it done. And at home with those cowbells, I think we're underestimating how dangerous of a place that is to go. Uh, next up, we have our Friday night game, and this is Boise State versus San Diego State. And I'm going to be honest, there are a lot of games that are going to be on the slate that I feel like are pretty solid picks that we agree on. So I got to mix it up a little bit, and this is a game that I think is worth mixing it up a little bit for. At Boise State, San Diego State, this game is in Carson, uh, Carson, California, because uh, San Diego State still can't play at home um, technically in San Diego. So they are playing at the LA Galaxies Park, which is their typical home this year. But Boise State's favored here. They're favored on the road. They have a pretty high odds to win, according to ESPNs um, as well. And I think there's a reason why. Now, they're 7-4, and four, which is not a great record, but the difference maker is this team has been absolutely rolling recently. They've played really phenomenal offense. They absolutely destroyed Fresno State on the road, which is their last-ranked Mountain West team to play. I mean, that game was ugly. And Boise State's looked really, really strong the last few games. In fact, the only game they lost was against Air Force, all the way back in mid-October was their last loss, uh, which ended up being a team that I was calling as Air Force would be a very solid team this year. Air Force has been very good this year. Air Force got a big win against Nevada last weekend too. And San Diego State was able to take, take care of the Falcons by just six, but San Diego State lost by 10 against Fresno State and then proceeded to barely skate by a bad Hawaii team, 
barely skate by a Nevada team that's gotten down a little bit this year and then barely scrape by a pretty awful UNLV team. So while San Diego State's been winning and they're 10-1 and and they're ranked, and I'm all for that, I'm happy for that, but the last few weeks have trended very much like Boise State is a stronger team. God, this one's tough for me. I'm going to go with San Diego State. I don't like that Boise's favored at all. Um, but we're mixing it up a little bit. We got it. We got to get. We got to get more than a couple a games. Bit. I'm if, gonna, if you're I'm only up by with... two. You got to mix it up a bit to give me a chance to see if I can overtake you. I'm gonna Just pick San Diego State here. Um, I mean the Boise defense has not been half bad. Um, but but when you look at the rushing yard totals. I think San Diego State's going to be able to run the ball pretty well um, against Boise State. And when you look at the yards allowed, yeah, Boise State is not going to be able to run the ball at all. They run a pretty balanced attack. 265 and 125 are their respective averages, 265 being through the air. Um, But San Diego State does not give up yards on the ground. They're going to turn them into a one-dimensional team. Uh, It's going to be... If San Diego State wants to win, that is, uh, they're going to have to turn Boise State into a one-dimensional team um, and, and keep it low, relatively low scoring and control time of possession. I'm not sure that they can do that, but I'm going to take it, again, for the sake of the podcast. Next up, we have a game that uh, – please don't watch this game. Uh, Texas versus Kansas State. I honestly don't really know why this game is on here other than just to be a sicko. And no. put it here. Um, I got the I got the flash horns but, down at someone at work yesterday. Okay, that's 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 fair. I have seen some games on here, and I'm like, in. that's not the best. But um, we but don't need to a game, spend a ton of time on it either. It's a game that exists. Uh, I'm picking K State just to be mean and pick against uh, Texas, but also K State is a better team, and they should win this game. But I'm this game does mean nothing, by the way. This game does mean nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm I. I <laughs> go with K State too. I mean, yeah, the yeah, I was like, you're not picking Texas. <laughs> Texas is favored by three. It's okay. At home. We should be picking Wake Forest, Boston College. That's a much bigger game. That's a bigger game to pick. Yeah, but it's not on Friday. I want to. I wanted to That's throw true. in a game that That's was on fair. Friday, and this one made the cut. I wanted to get that's, as much early week action as possible. That's that's fair um, too. That's I also fair too. just don't care about Wake Forest and Boston College as much as I care about the demise of Texas football. That's fair though. That game, we actually there are too many other more important games on the list that we're that we're getting. But um, uh, but uh, yeah, we don't have um. We always want to stick to our eleven game thing and we don't break yeah. from that so we're not we're not going to be adding that game but i do want to talk about that at the end because that game is actually very important but next up we have a game that uh was a ton of fun um over the last couple of years with a big time upset and this one is oregon oregon state it's the civil war or at least i don't know if they're allowed to call that anymore but because it's oregon and they would they would stop that but i'm saying it's a civil war that's what's been called for 100 years that's what it is so Oregon versus Oregon State. It's the Ducks and the Beavs. What a wonderful matchup this one is. And this one, I am tempted to pick Oregon State. I'm, in fact, very tempted to pick Oregon State because they won last year. They've looked way better this year than we all thought they would. I mean, really big kudos to Oregon State for actually putting together a pretty decent season. 
But the problem is, is that I know Oregon sucked last week. I know they did, but they are better than Oregon State. They should win this game. It's in Autzen. It's their last game of the year. It's really tough for me to imagine this team blowing it, even though I think it'll be really funny. But I don't know if they're going to choke twice in a row. That seems pretty tough for an Oregon team that we know is overrated, but they're still a good Oregon team. And I don't know if I can bring myself to pick Oregon State. I have to disagree a third time, though. I have to get one one more game different. And so I'm debating this may be the different game, but I, I'm kind of struggling with this one. I'm going to do you a favor here. I'm running through the numbers, and this one being in Eugene doesn't bother me at all for picking Oregon State. All right. Oregon knows they're done. Oregon knows that they are not going to make the college football playoff. <laughs> they looked horrendous last week <laughs> against Utah. And I picked it. I called the Utes. And I think this <laughs> I knew game, it. I think both teams are going to come out really, really fired up for this game. Um, and, God, I, I, I'm going to pick Oregon State. I think it's going to be a close game. I, think I don't think it's a bad year, pick. I really I don't. I think this is the year that Oregon's having, and more specific, more generally, the year that the Pac-12 is having, is for stuff like this to happen. So I'm going to go with Oregon State here. I'm going to do you a massive special, uh, or okay. a massive favor, that is. Oregon State's going to win this game. But the next game, no the, <laughs> if this were college game no day, if this were college game day, we'd put this one last, but this isn't. I just kind of wrote these, so... We're going to do it now. Ohio State versus Michigan. The game. I'm so tempted to pick Michigan. You have no idea. I hate this Ohio State (laughs) team so much. This might be the Ohio State team that I hate more than any other Ohio State But doesn't it kill you that Ohio State plays nobody all year? And then the one hard game they play, they choke at home. And then they play Michigan State. And then they absolutely just rail them. And it made me so upset because I was like, there is so much ammo to use on Ohio State all season. Have you played one tough team and you blew it? And every other game, and I'm not kidding, it was Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, IU. Those are five in a row. Penn State, who had been massively overrated all season. Nebraska, Purdue, who had had lightning strike a couple times. We knew wouldn't happen a third. Imagine, imagine if they had, I mean, they did play Oregon. That's the one big thing, but that's kind of the excuse that they use for backloading their schedule so that when they're breaking in their new five stars, they don't get caught sleeping on the field um, um, by, you know, a Penn State or by a Michigan State. They are going to let their five stars get plenty of experience running around versus Akron and Tulsa before they get into the like, heat of conference play. The I'm sorry, but Jim happen. Jim Harbor does not have the ability to beat Ohio State. No, it's not. not it's he not in his blood. Them. It's not in his blood. It's never going to happen. Can't do it. It's not going to happen this year. And I think that gives you our pick. I don't know if there's much analysis uh, to be had in this game. I, Jim Harbaugh does not beat Ohio State, and that uh, that is the way. Michigan could be like Michigan could be Georgia quality right now, and I still pick Ohio State. 
I, I, I don't care. It, I it, totally to me, it is it is irrelevant how good Michigan is when he is their coach. It's in Ohio State. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. It's at Michigan. Uh, Ohio State is an eight-point favorite. I'm probably going to take Ohio State and the points. Uh, I think this could be a close one, but I think that the chances of this being even close are less than the chances of this being an absolute blowout in favor of Ohio State. So we're going to go ahead and cap that one off there. Probably the most interesting game of the weekend, in my opinion, not the biggest game because it's not, you know, three versus five in the playoff rankings. But this one has serious implications. It's the game that we've been waiting for as Big 12 fans all year long. It is Bedlam. And it is in, uh, where, let's see, who's the home team here? I, I didn't write Oklahoma this. State. Is Oklahoma in Stillwater, where the light goes to die. The darkest sky of all time. And gosh, Boone Pickens Stadium is a tough place to play. If it's 11 a.m. and you're TCU, it's going to be a really tough place to play for a freshman quarterback in Caleb Williams. And with an Oklahoma State defense that has dominated the conference defensively, I got to go with Oklahoma State here. I feel really good. I feel really, I feel, really good, good about, about Oklahoma State. I really do. I, 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 We've been talking about OU being overrated the whole season. They're favored by four points. And here's the thing, State too. Is. Here's the thing, too, that I'll admit. I was very not high on Oklahoma State for a long time this season. And the reason why was because they beat Missouri State by a touchdown. They beat Tulsa by five. They beat Boise State by one. And I was like, is this your good team? They beat K-State by 11, which was a decent win. Then Baylor by 10, and then Texas. And then you lose to to Iowa State on the road, which I called that loss. And then I was like, all right, they're not that great. But then they play Kansas, West Virginia, TCU, and Texas Tech. And I get that's not your best crop. I know. But Oklahoma State was pretty much perfect in through those four games. They're not even allowing 200 yards through the air or 100 I yards mean, on the ground. It's, I mean, and I mean, uh, the level of which that Oklahoma State has played over these last four games is honestly remarkable. 55-3, to 24-3, to 63-17, and 23 to nothing, which if you want to count that up real quick, which yes, I've already counted that up real quick. 165 to 23. That's insane. And I get that this is in the Big 12. We've had some big performances. We know Kansas has played a really solid last two weeks, actually. West Virginia has played a decent last couple weeks. TCU had some few decent games in there. And Oklahoma State said, screw you, I'm destroying you. And I think that's impressive that they bounced back from Iowa State. And since that Iowa State loss, this team has looked really good. And so, yeah, I'm actually pretty confidently picking Oklahoma State in this game because they've led me to believe that they are a confident, solid team that's ready to go. And I think that with Baylor's win over OU, if Baylor wins this week and Oklahoma State wins this week, I think that's your matchup for the Big Ten, 12 championship. Is that correct? I think that may be right. Uh, I'm actually not entirely sure. Because if OU loses their 7-2 in the conference, and Baylor right now, Baylor plays Texas Tech, who they should win, and they would be 7-2 in the conference, and Baylor head-to-head, 
beat OU. So yeah, that's actually right. If Baylor yeah. beats Texas Tech and Oklahoma State beats OU, it's OU Oklahoma or sorry Oklahoma State Baylor uh, rematch. Which who would have called that? <laughs> Not me. Not me. So I think that's uh, pretty impressive from those teams. Obviously, we have no interest in seeing Baylor do well, but I also have less interest seeing back-to-back weeks of the same game. That would be less fun. So, um, OU and Oklahoma State two weeks in a row is not the most ideal situation. So, we'll see how that ages out. I think Oklahoma State's a solid team. We both got them picked, and uh, that's it for Bedlam. Uh, Next up, we have Penn State against Michigan State. And this game uh, is sort of the getting the, I guess it's kind of the little brother game. If the game is the big game, this is like the other two teams of the division Just game. the other game. Um, which shout out uh, James Franklin and his agent for locking in a 10-year contract. Not shout out Penn State. Not you. You didn't win this. James Franklin won this. So shout out James Franklin for locking down 10 years and a metric ton of cash. Uh, to stay in state college and Penn State, I don't know why you're satisfied with mediocrity, but I guess you're uh, satisfied with mediocrity because that's what you're going to get. And I think that uh, that was quite the interesting move. But Penn State, Michigan State uh, is up on uh, that's going to be on ABC at 3:30 on Saturday. Penn State is favored by just one in this game, and. I think the reason why is it's going to be is Michigan State spent? And does Penn State have any life left in them to do anything relevant? And that's kind of the question here. This is a little bit of like a loser leaves town game. I mean, it's, it's like that in the sense of these are two teams that have taken their lumps, but who's going to get up um, um, and, you know, respond when the time comes I think it's going to be Penn State. I think James Franklin uh, went ahead and tied up all the rumors about him leaving this offseason. Um, you got Sean Clifford, who I think he already had his senior day. Uh, he will be – he does have another year of eligibility because of COVID, but for all intents and purposes, this is his senior year. Um I think Penn State's just going to come out and be really fired up. I think Jahan Dotson is going to be really impressive in this game against the god-awful Michigan State pass defense. Um, I, I just I think Michigan State's window has passed, and they're going to be a little bit of a defeated team at this point, whereas Penn State um, is, is coming off of uh, a couple of easy wins here. Uh, so I'm going to take Penn State in this game. Uh, even though the spread is so close, I do like that they're favored on the road at Michigan State. That tells me something. And uh, next up, we have a game that will take approximately three seconds to go through, and that's Tennessee versus Vanderbilt. Tennessee's going to win this game. It's pretty cut and dry. That's the end of that. (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have TCU versus Iowa State. And this one could be an interesting one. Now, Iowa State on the road, we know we've heard of, and we will not. Can I give you a nugget? Before you, they win there a lot. Before you yes. pretend that this is interesting, because <laughs> it's. I'm just. I'm. I'm just saying for the sake of TCU. I'm just. Just humor it. <laughs> for the sake of TCU, whose interim head coach just accepted another job at New Mexico State. I don't know whether he's going to be coaching this game this weekend, but I. You can 
bet your ass I'm not taking TCU in this game, and I think it's going to be Iowa State by a billion. Brees Hall is going to get at least 150 yards on the ground. You can make that bet. Is this Brock Purdy's, like, eighth senior day? <laughs> He's had so many. He just won't leave. This hat, how many senior days has Brock Purdy had? That's a stat that I need to know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like three. <laughs> the, this guy is the new Case Keenum, I swear, except Case Keenum was actually good. Um, no, TCU. This actually, this actually is his fourth year, though. You should take Iowa State minus 15 and a half, or minus 15. You should take every bit of that. They are going it, to win okay, but how depressing? 30. How depressing is it that Iowa State's six and five and TCU's five and six, and it's a fifteen-point spread in a bowl game on how the sad line is that? for the frogs? I no bowl game. This, oh. ha- this happens a lot. We haven't won after Thanksgiving in a while, right? We actually did clinch a bowl game. I think it was three years ago. Against we were five, we were five and six. We were five and six, and we pulled off the last. No, no, no. What's last we year's, lost it. Last year's bowl game or bowl, uh, bowl eligibility bowl against West Virginia was not good. Uh, so I'm going to pick very strongly against TCU here. We don't have to talk about this one. Georgia Tech versus Georgia. I went ahead and actually wrote in your pick before you picked it, <laughs> because me, it, I do have one thing to say about this game. Though. Okay. I want to say about this game because it's 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 a point that we will extremely likely be bringing up next week when we have our recap episode, my my pain episode, but because it will be an episode of agony. So uh, given that Syracuse, we'll get to that game too. So it will probably be an agoni- agonizing episode, but we'll get there. Georgia Tech, Georgia, have played each other a very large amount of times, very very large amount of times. Uh, the game, of course, clean old-fashioned hate. It's because it's the 1800s and is one of the best rivalries in all of college football. Now, Georgia leads the series by a lot. Georgia leads the current win streak by only three, given that the last win for Georgia Tech was in 2016 and they didn't play in 2020. The current, uh, the longest win streak ever is actually Georgia Tech with eight in a row. And the largest victory of all time between these two teams is... Georgia Tech, 48 to nothing. That game occurred in 1943. And Georgia does not count the loss because Georgia was designated a different spot for the military than Georgia Tech. So Georgia Tech got a ton of big, able-bodied men that could play football. Georgia didn't. So Georgia Tech's teams in the 1940s were way better than Georgia's, and Georgia oftentimes couldn't even feel the team. So when Georgia Georgia Tech played in 1943 and Tech ran the score up and won by a million, and then they also won by a lot in 1944 too, Georgia got mad about it and basically said, well, we're not going to count it, even though they do include the game as existing. They just simply don't have the same record overall when you want to count the records back-to-back. Therefore, Georgia's victory in 2019, just of course two years ago, which was 52-7, to is their biggest win of all time, officially, but they also claim as the biggest win of all time. Of course, Georgia Tech disagrees with 45 uh, nothing being a slightly better one. My whole point to this whole tangent is that debate will be over this year. There will no longer be a debate <laughs> this year because the 48 to nothing mark will be eclipsed by a lot. My prediction is it will be 21 to nothing, perhaps 28 nothing at the end of the first quarter. And then at halftime, it will be 45 to nothing. 
and then Georgia will put in all of their scrubs. They're probably their third strings and get like a couple more field goals and win like 51 nothing just to make sure they break the record. This is I, I, that's going to happen. They're not going to, there's Georgia. If if you, if you're Kirby smart and you play a single starter past the first quarter, you're an idiot. You should not play anybody in this game after the first quarter because you have Bama next week in Atlanta. There's no reason you should risk a stupid injury in this game. Georgia tech is a terrible football team and Georgia should win this game by as much as they want. They can put a number. You can win by that much. Georgia Tech's defense is absolutely abhorrent. They can do nothing to stop this team at all. Their offense has no life to it, and Georgia Tech's quarterback is probably going to be out for this game. Jeff Sims is injured, so you don't even have your starting quarterback. Jameer Gibbs is the only player on Georgia Tech that's worth anything to anybody and actually is pretty good. He leads the nation in all-purpose yards, so fun fact. But uh, Jameer Gibbs is actually a very talented running back and is very, very good, but he's like the only player on the team that's good. So with no O-line, no quarterback, no receivers, and no defense, and obviously no head coach. Who cares? So sadly, this game is going to be a blowout. This would be the biggest upset of all time if Georgia Tech wins this game, and I'm not even exaggerating. This would literally be the biggest upset I could ever imagine in my entire life. So, yeah, this game's cut and dry. I will not be watching a single minute of this game. I My parents already sold their tickets. We had tickets, and we sold them off because we said, what's the point? So my parents aren't even going. This is a lost cause. Well, Check in on the spread here. It's oh, it's thirty-five, and that's too low. I would take that. That that's, is, it should be forty touchdowns. That should be forty. Five touchdown favorite. That's amazing. All right, they're well, gonna what, win. They're yeah. gonna win by five touchdowns. You believe that? Oh my yeah. god! No, I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, no, you should bet this, that right now. I just uh, this one's also this one's also uh, gonna be a pretty quick one. Uh, Syracuse versus. Pit, uh, the wheels have fallen off for uh, the orange here. Yeah, Syracuse had their stretch in, in those three games that they all lost by three points. We thought that uh, good old Dino was uh, was back when we won that big game against Virginia Tech that was admittedly pretty impressive, and then we beat Boston College by a lot, which I know Boston College isn't good, but that was still a very impressive win. And then you played Louisville, ran into a buzzsaw. And then you played North Carolina State, ran into a bigger buzzsaw. And then now you're playing Pittsburgh, which is perhaps the biggest buzzsaw. And you're not getting through that. So sadly, Syracuse's season will probably end this weekend. I'm actually flying back early for the game. I'll be on the sideline photographing it. Um, I will be able to get to a bowl game if we do miraculously win this game. But I don't think it's going to happen, sadly. So uh, my dream of doing a bowl game on the sideline We'll probably be squashed because we could not win one game in three tries. So thank you for ruining my Christmas break, Syracuse football. And but, uh, and, and Dino is not covering as of late. It's it's Dino's not, not going to know. Dino is not covering. So uh, a thirteen we, point spread at home. We have typically played better at home. These last two games have been on the road, so I'm a little more confident about the covering. I'm a little more, but um, we tend to do I'm well with, with that at home. So with maybe you. maybe. But let's switch gears here to the main event of the evening. NFL on Thanksgiving. It is the gift that never stops giving um, until we get a matchup between Andy yeah. Dalton yeah. and no. uh, Tyler. <laughs> this, these what, matchups are what's, horrible. <laughs> what's, what's this dude's name? I keep forgetting it because it's just so – What? why? Oh, the backup of the Lions? Why does this happen? Yeah. We're not supposed to know this. This is not, this is not information we need to know. 
Yeah. This is not, he doesn't count. (laughs) This isn't information that anyone really needs to know. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to figure out this dude's name. I just want to know this dude's name. It's it's, uh, it's it's one you've definitely never heard of before. Tim Boyle. Oh God, we're gonna Tim have a Boyle. quarterback and, named and Tim if, starting. And if you've been backing up Jared Goff all year long, there's a at least a seventy percent chance that you suck. But our first game is, of course, the Bears at the Lions. Um, let's give up – let's put up some uh, Thanksgiving Day against the spread stats. Here's the um, thing. Here's the thing. I honestly think Detroit could maybe pull this off if Goff starts. I just don't think he's going to start. But I think Detroit can maybe pull this off because Chicago is that awful. I think it's possible. I mean, we know that Pittsburgh's much better than Chicago. They can pull up. I know every. They can. They can. They really can. Everyone's coming for Matt Nagy's head. Uh, There were reports that he's probably going to get fired sooner rather than later. You hear the the Chicago Bulls chants? um, He was at the Bulls game. Fire Nagy chants broke out. (laughs) Not only, not just at the Bulls game. The fire Nagy chants broke out at his son's basketball game. <laughs> oh no! He was watching his son play sports. No, and fire Nagy no. chants broke out um, because that's how bad the Bears have been. But I'm gonna pick Chicago in this game. Uh, it's just, I, I, they're they're an all right team. They're a decent team, but Detroit is just a disaster. And I'm not betting. I will not and refuse to, under any circumstance, bet on Tim Boyle. No. If, if Goff starts, I do think Detroit is a legit shot in this game. If he doesn't, this Chicago's going to win. And, and I realize, and I have the injury report up here too, I'm looking at because it's a lot of things have updated. So I looked, um, but Justin Fields is confirmed to be out, and Akeem Hicks at defensive lineman is also confirmed to be out. Uh, Allen Robinson is doubtful, and Eddie Jackson, hamstring, D-back, Deshaun Gibson, chest, and then wide receiver Marquise Goodwin, shoulder, and defensive end Mario Edwards are all uh, questionable. But um, but this is the Andy Dalton Thanksgiving game, which, <laughs> oh boy, uh, happy Thanksgiving. So yeah, Happy Thanksgiving. Um, I tell you what I'm not thankful for is uh, this group of starting quarterbacks. Next up, though, is a game that is very interesting. Uh, the Raiders, who have been backsliding a little bit as of late, and the Cowboys, who have um, really been backsliding a bit as of late, uh, including that awful performance from the offense against Kansas City last week. I'm actually, I'm going to take, I think the Cowboys get right here. Um, let, let me see what the spread is though, because the Cowboys are one and nine in their last 10, uh, Thanksgiving games against the spread. Okay. So the line is seven and a half. I am taking Raiders seven and a half all day. Um, I think this is a little bit of a get right game for the Cowboys and I think they end up winning it, but I'm taking, I, I, I feel good about it. I, I feel good about them here. I, I think this is, I, I think that's absolutely right where it's time for them to write the ship a little bit. And I get that they, 
I'm I think the Kansas City game I know we didn't talk about these games last week but the Kansas City game was 19 to 9 Chiefs won but I think that game was a lot more of the Kansas City get right game that for them they were riding the ship a lot they were going to go that game was about the Chiefs that won about the Cowboys I think the Cowboys now have sort of figured out a little bit of the okay we got that off the way that's out of the way now let's get back to business and I I think they'll come out strong against Vegas I know they were really yeah. flat no, against I think the, they're gonna the, win the Broncos. But I think the Broncos have been more impressive with me in the last, I mean, especially in the last they're month. They're not gonna cover. Vegas. They're not gonna cover. Mark my words. That's my lock of the week is uh Las Vegas plus seven and a half. Uh eat that up. Next one, our Sunday night football on Thursday, the Thanksgiving special between Buffalo and New Orleans. New Orleans is 3-0 in their last three Thanksgiving games against the spread under Sean Payton. The line is billed minus five and a half, and I am going to take the Saints here. It's actually moved out to six. I'm going to take the Saints here. The Bills, everyone's saying, the Bills, the Bills, the Bills, they're the greatest thing since sliced spread. The Bills. Not anymore. Not the last few weeks. Exactly. That is my point. The Bills are a backsliding team. Now, can they get up off the mat um, and really assert themselves in New Orleans? Maybe. But this is not the defense you want to face when you are trying to get your offense out of the gutter. Now, they do get to line up with Trevor Simeon on the other side of the field, but especially if Kamara plays in this one, which I'm not sure what his status is. Is, I I have the statuses up, and here's the problem. Uh, Alvin Kamara is out, and both of the Saints' tackles should be out, and Mark Ingram could be out. That's the care. reason why I'm going with the Bills, because they, they New Orleans will have no offense. And if you want to talk about teams sliding back, New Orleans has lost three games in a row against teams that are arguably worse than the teams that Buffalo has been playing against. And we know that... What is the biggest weakness of Buffalo? It's their run game. It got absolutely annihilated by Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. And the biggest running asset of New Orleans is gone. That's my problem with this game. I think if Kamara was in, this game could be interesting. But I don't think it will be. I think Buffalo is going to have a clean win in this game. We saw what Philly did to New Orleans. Philly destroyed them in 40-29. to I haven't seen Philadelphia put up 40 points on a team in quite a while. And if Philly can put up 40 on New Orleans, Buffalo can put up 40 on New Orleans. I'm not that worried about that. And I do think that that the way that the Saints have been playing recently has been really disheartening, and they just aren't that good. And I know that Buffalo has had some up-and-down weeks. I know they haven't looked good last week. I get they've been back and forth, but, you know, last week was back. I think this week is the fourth week. I think they'll uh, to play with that a little bit. That's my reasoning Screw with it. Buffalo. Screw it. You talked me into it. I'm picking New Orleans to cover. There you cover. go. I'm picking That's New Orleans to cover. But just I, I'm reading, and the more I read, that's what I'm saying. They don't the have more, an the offense last, in this the game. Last, they've never played on Thanksgiving without Drew Brees under Sean Payton. So I just not, I don't trust Trevor yeah. Simeon to do I'm, anything against Buffalo. That's I'm, the problem. With Buffalo's past defense with all the their past defense has been good. Buffalo's past defense is much better than New Orleans. Yeah. And what well, is New Orleans' I, defensive I strength? What's New Orleans' defensive strength? The run game. And what does Buffalo never do? <laughs> run. So that's the thing is that New Orleans has actually been really solid against the run, and it really won't mean anything in this game. So I'm a little confident there. Next up, a game that don't watch. Do not watch this. This game is on Sunday. I'm warning you ahead of time. Don't watch this game. 
It is the Atlanta Falcons up against the even more miserable Jacksonville Jaguars. And I am very reluctantly picking the Falcons in this game. And the only reason why is because I am aware that Jacksonville is miserable. And I am aware that Atlanta's miserable. But Cordero Patterson should be back in for this game. And given that he's back in, I think the Falcons will win. I don't think the Jaguars will have any answer to Patterson at all. And I think he can be a big reason why. We know that the Falcons fell flat to New England last week, but I think we could both agree New England is a much, much better team than Jacksonville. And they proved it all season. They have an infinitely better team on every side of the ball. And again, having Patterson out was the big key to the cog of this yeah. offense in Atlanta. And having him out, you're not going to win. Honestly, I might even pick Jacksonville if Patterson is out for this game. But it looks like he's going to be back. And for that reason, we're, I think Atlanta will win. We're going to end up on a list for talking about this game. Uh, we're going to end up on a government watch list of some <laughs> sort because this is just a sicko mode game. Uh, and we've got an even only more... sickos are watching this. You know, game. I think Houston and uh, the Jets will actually be infinitely more entertaining than this game. This is going to be what like watching two toddlers try to fight each other on like water, like floating on inner tubes. It's just not. It's. It's not going to be very pretty. Uh, I'm going to go with Atlanta, too. I, Jacksonville's just a mess right now. Pittsburgh versus Cincinnati. This one could be a little bit interesting. Let me find you the spread right quick. It's four and a half towards Cincinnati. It's at home. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I just don't think Pittsburgh's going to be able to put up enough points. I like Cincinnati's offense a little bit better. Uh, I think this is the time of season where uh, it all falls apart for Big Ben once the cold weather starts coming. Uh, Those hits start to hurt a little bit more, and God knows he can't avoid them anymore because he's a brick wall back there. Um, I got to go with Cincinnati. I'm I'm, This has more to do with me protecting my – pick of Pittsburgh not being good this year than it does uh, that I'm particularly impressed with Cincinnati this season. I think I I agree with a lot of that too. I think Cincinnati's going to come out here and play a strong game. I think they're going to win this one. Um, Being back at home is going to help. There's a big momentum in this one. If Cincinnati wins, they sweep the Steelers, which I mean, who would have thought that preseason? Um, but I think they got some confidence in them. I think that win against Vegas last week really helped pick up the Bengals a lot. They needed to sort of pick me up win, and I think that that win really helped. Again, being on the road was big because, yeah, the loss to Cleveland the week before was terrible. The loss to the Jets was sad. They needed a game to get back into it, and I think that did it. And if you look at their last three wins, was the blowout win against Vegas, a blowout win against Baltimore, and a blowout win against Detroit. All those games on the road, and they've had a lot of road games, and four of the last five have been road games. So – if you're Sensi, you finally get to rest a minute back at home. I think that's going to help them a lot. And Pittsburgh, the last two games are tying the Lions, which we didn't even get to talk about that, but tying the Lions was a real thing that happened. And then you lose to the Chargers the week after. So if you're Pittsburgh, you're kind of slipping a little bit. And even the week before that, you barely beat a Chicago team that you should have beaten a lot easily, so a lot more easily. So I think if you're Pittsburgh, you're slowly sinking a little bit. And I think that Cincinnati could deliver a big blow. Yeah, I'm going with Cincinnati in that game as well. But next up, we've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers <coughs> against everyone's favorite darling of the NFL, the Indianapolis Colts. K 
captained by none other than Carson Wentz. And it's not that I think that Indianapolis is a bad team. But the fact that the the Titans lost to the Houston Texans last week, we're not going to talk about it. We don't have to talk about it. It was raining. I was at the game. It was pouring rain. It's impossible to play football in that weather. Wow, that must have been the worst thing ever. (laughs) Jack, when I tell you I've been going to Titans games since I was a toddler, and that was the worst game I've been to in the last 15 years. That I'm was, so sorry that you had to pay for NFL seats. Pouring. Watch that. It was pouring rain. Uh, we couldn't throw the ball because we didn't have any receivers. They're all they were all hurt. Uh, the, it was. We're gonna stop there. Anyway, now everyone wants to talk about oh the Colts are above 500. Right? Mm-hmm. They're not going to win this game. They're going right back to 500, which is where this team belongs. It's how they're built. I understand the hype around Jonathan Taylor, but Jonathan Taylor is only getting this hype because Derrick Henry's not around to steal it from him. Uh, because Derrick Henry would was... It, okay, Jonathan well, Taylor, wait a minute. Jonathan a minute. Taylor just overtook Derrick Henry's yardage total last week okay Derrick henry's you been out to, for two games wait a minute wait a minute you have to put respect on taylor for having 185 yards and four touchdowns in his last game though yeah that, I mean, ha- that can't, be that can't be overlooked that can't be overlooked it's impressive he's no derrick henry but it's impressive derrick henry we're comparing him to henry though I'm, I'm just saying that even if henry was in this would still be an incredible stat line and a great season but nobody, but nobody is saying, "Oh, look at Taylor, the best running back in football." I don't think you're. I, I saying that you're wrong there. I have seen Jonathan Taylor getting MVP love. Well, yeah, but if if you're other players who can't play, what are we supposed to do? Like, if Henry can't play, then he can't play. All I'm saying is that that's great and all, but the Colts are going to go right back to 500 where they belong this weekend. Tom Brady is going to. Um, take out a hammer and smash them into the ground where they belong because they're the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, okay. So my my non-biased reasoning in this game is because the Bucks have one of the top rushing defenses in the country, and what do the Colts do best is run the ball. So that's my reasoning here. We know the Buffalo didn't do as good of a job against Carson that. Carson Wentz throw the no, ball. Because Buffalo isn't a physical team. Buffalo can't run and they can't defend the run. Buffalo isn't physical like that. Right. Tampa Bay is physical, and that's the difference that I think is going to make Tampa Bay win this game, is they are a much more physical team. I had Indianapolis in the beginning of this game purely because I've just been liking Taylor, but then I realized of all the teams that are going to stop the run, this is the team that's going to stop the run with Tampa Bay. And I get they haven't they, – they've played a lot worse away from home than home. It's 5-0 and versus 2-3. and three. They're not good on the road. I don't think it's going to matter. I think that Indianapolis has become more of a one-dimensional team, and if, when you're playing a bad run defense – it's going to work. Like, who cares? Like, the week after this, they play the Texans. You think the Colts are going to beat the Texans on the road? Absolutely, they're going to beat the Texans on the road. But that's not the team this week. Houston's run run defense allows literally twice as many yards as Tampa Bay does, so that's that's different week, different pick. But, yeah, this game should be Tampa Bay. The rush defense is going to be the reason why. There, There's also the, uh, the notion that if the Titans win – or if the Titans lose this weekend and Indy wins, then they're one game. Uh, they're within one game of the Titans for the division title, uh, which <laughs> would not wild. would not be happening if Derrick Henry didn't <laughs> get hurt. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, so next up, we have a game. 
that's going to be a beautiful 70 degrees this weekend, which, oh, wish I could be there for that. It's going to be prettier outside than it'll be inside the stadium, I'll tell you that much. And uh, that is very true, and that is going to be the Miami Dolphins hosting the Carolina Panthers, where ESPN has these games as dead even. Uh, even the pick center and looking at the spread is is nearly even. Um, on paper, it looks like these teams are close. But we both agreed in our pick here, and I think the reason why is because I would hate to pick the Dolphins in this game, even though they've actually played pretty competently their last three games. And that's why I think that there is a good reason why this game is close, is because they played well. Now, the question is, is Carolina better than the New York Jets and the Houston Texans? Yes. Are they better than the Ravens? No. And the Ravens win was impressive, which has this game as a little bit of a iffy pick. But I think Washington has really got their act together, and that's why they beat the Panthers last week. I don't think it's the Panthers slipping off as much. I think it's more Washington has finally found their footing a little bit. And I think that Cam could do some serious damage against this team. And also, other note too, which is this good um, kind of a random note that no one's thought about for a long time. But if you remember all the way back in the draft when the Panthers took J.C. Horn, um, who's been out, you know, for the last. I mean, months. He's been out for the whole season um, since, well, since September. He was actually at practice this Wednesday. So perhaps we could see a horn return. Not sure yet, but I've liked a lot what this Panthers team has done. And I think they can come out in this game and win big. And I feel good about Cam Newton. He needs to get that one big win. And I think he can get it here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I I pray to God that if you're sitting around watching football that you're not going to watch this game because if so, <laughs> then you need to be, like I said earlier, put on a government list. That's disgusting. Um, stop it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Carolina here. I, just Miami. Just the stink. So, your back is up against the wall. You just lost to the Houston Texans at home. Everyone's out. The Titans go up to Gillette Stadium to face the darlings of the AFC, everyone's favorite team on planet Earth. The New England Patriots, captained by Mac Jones, who is making good decisions but not pushing the ball downfield whatsoever. I think the Titans are going to win this game. Why? They're going to be able to stop the Patriots' run game, and the Patriots aren't going to get enough out of Mac Jones um, when he's under pressure from Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry and Harold Landry. He's not going to have the time to be able to attack downfield, which is what they're going to need to be able to do if they want to beat the Titans. They're not I just have them off I got I got game. I have some qualms with your theory. If you want to talk about qualms cuz we love talking about qualms here. And I have a couple. First of all, scoring defense between these two teams is laughably different. The Patriots are much much better at stopping teams from scoring than Tennessee. Secondly, I'm aware that you're coming off a loss to the Houston Texans. That is bad. That is not good. It is indeed bad. And thirdly, New England has absolutely annihilated the last three teams they played and won the last five games they've played. 
And I get it's against Carolina, Cleveland, and Atlanta. That's not exactly your all-star trio of teams. But let's be real. Since the injury of Derrick Henry, the Titans aren't really a list of an all-star group of teams. I get that they have won their last few games, but each game has gotten progressively weaker for this team. In fact, only beating New Orleans last weekend because New Orleans had both their starting tackles missing and Alvin Kamara missing, which I should have mixed, mixed my pickup for that. Again, I was late on it. But if you look at New England's last three games, they have been pretty much impeccable, 24-6, to 45-7, to 7, and 25 to nothing. And I don't think they're going to shut the Titans out, but the way that the Houston defense was able to handle this Titans team if the Houston defense can do that, the Patriots defense can do it in their sleep. And so I think this game is honestly a pretty cut and dry pick. I think there's a reason why the Patriots are favored by a full touchdown in this game, which is not crazy common in the NFL. And I think I think it's for a good reason, especially up north in New England too. I'm fairly confidently picking this game. I think that New England will come out and play a great game here. Um, quarterback, uh, I'm trying to see who else. Um, A.J. Brown still has not practiced. Harold Landry, a linebacker, didn't practice. And then Donta Foreman was very limited in his practice today. So I, I just I don't really see where they're coming in to do much. I get Damian Harris and Hunter Henry are not fully healthy, but they did indeed practice on Wednesday. I just – or, well, today. I just don't really see how – I mean, if you have the confidence, you have the faith, then by all means go for it. But I'm just not – They're going to win. Mark my words. They're going to win. It is I mean, not I, going to be a Patriots blowout like you are suggesting. I uh, I wasn't suggesting a blowout. Let's 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 pump the brakes a bit. I wasn't suggesting a blowout. I just mean I think that they could have a clean win here, not necessarily blowout. I think it could be a clean win. All right. Well, let's move on. Whatever. Uh, Philly <laughs> versus the Giants, and Jason Garrett got fired after uh, a horrendous. A horrendous outing, um, the, as he should have been in the first place. They never should have hired him. Uh, yeah, which I can't believe. Like, And I get that I have a lot of Giants friends, um, friends up here, or at least up in Syracuse, that talk about that. I, I, we both said years ago, when they, when they even when he was in Dallas, about how much of a joke it was. And then when he was hired, this is a bad hire. Yeah. And a lot of friends of mine were like, well, actually, I don't know. We could say, I was like, stop being delusional Stop and it. understand Your this quarterback is, is Daniel Jones. <laughs> the quarterback is Daniel Jones. Stop it. It's the, the buck stops there. That is the only thing you need to know. Um, I'm going to, this is the <sighs> principal pick because Brace, Jason Garrett got fired and was replaced with Freddie Kitchens. Um, and <laughs> who can cook up? A worse game plan than the combination of Jason Garrett and Freddie Kitchens for a terrible quarterback in Daniel Jones, who is going to be a backup within the next two years and will never be a reliable starter in the NFL. If you have Jalen Hurts on your fantasy team, you should be a very happy person. And that's my comment on this game. Yep. Jalen Hurts is going to have a great day today. Philly, this Philly. weekend. All right. Philly, Philly. Next up. We got the Jets <laughs> versus the Texans. I'm Why does this game exist? I'm leaving it at that. I'm not going to talk about this game. I refuse to analyze. Okay, well, wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me at least say something. Let me at least say something. So, <laughs> yeah, first of all, this game is a heinous, heinous game of football. This game should not be played. I'm honestly disgusted that the NFL even had the gall to put this in. But let me have a couple words on it. So, 
for this game, we know that Houston's coming off of a big win. And we know that the Jets have had a very up and down season, which is basically 99% down. These two teams are two and eight each. They both look terrible. But my only reasoning in this game is at least Houston has a win in their last game, which the Jets cannot say the same. The last one was against the Bengals, which is inexplicable just like that. Um, in fact, the last two wins these teams have had against the playoff teams, which makes no sense at all. But uh, they both have pulled things off. They both have been all right. So I would agree with this, that if Zach Wilson ends up playing in this game, I think there may be a chance they could come back and win this. I know that Mike, I think they said that's confirmed that Mike White is not playing in this game. I think, I think that's true, right? Um, I don't know. I don't follow Jets injury reports. Okay. Um, I think, uh, the, <laughs> um, that is, uh, yes, I think Jack will, uh, well, Zach Wilson, um, is indeed coming back to this game. Uh, Mike White tested positive for COVID and Joe Flacco is a close contact. So they're both on the COVID list. Um, Josh Johnson is promoted from the practice squad to come in behind him. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to still pick – I don't know why I would pick the I'm Jets, though. I'm about it. I'm about Even it. for Zach Wilson, he's 1-5 as a starter. It's, it's the Jets versus the Texans. This is not like a galaxy brand thing. <laughs> like, there's nothing to analyze. One of these teams is going to win a football game. They're going to run around on a field for like 60 minutes. <laughs> and then someone's going to get a notch in the win column. Okay, we'll agree on this one point. Then we'll move on. The winner of this game will win accidentally. It will not be on purpose. The winner of this game will not be on purpose. The winner of this game is going to be uh, all the fans when this game is over. Uh, next up, we've got the Chargers versus the Broncos. We got to speed things up a little bit here, but I'm going to go with the Chargers coming off of a win against a team that I think is pretty good on defense in Pittsburgh. Uh, I think they're going to be able to figure out enough versus you mean, the, wait, wait, sorry you mean you mean denver right that's what i'm saying they're coming off of a win against pittsburgh the Chargers. oh sorry sorry okay sorry 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 my bad it's the chargers versus the broncos chargers coming off a win against pittsburgh uh they were able to put up some points in that game they almost choked that game in true chargers fashion i don't think that will be the case this week i'm going with jay herbo and the chargers I agree with that pick, and I'm also really excited about this game. I feel like this could be a really entertaining game to watch. Both these teams are very up and down their last few games. I, I think this could be a really fun one. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to this one. I'll definitely be watching this. I'm with you there. All right, next up, we have the Rams versus the Packers. This is going to be a really interesting one. I think Rodgers is going to play. Uh, he, he played last week. The toe's not getting any better, but it's not really getting any worse. I don't think he shoved his foot in the camera today, so that was cool. Um, uh, I got the Packers. Well, here's the thing. Rodgers didn't practice at all today. Well, he's not going to practice at all. He's so that's my practice. only thing is that I, I – I don't know if he's actually going to play. So that's why I'm – and Devontae He's Adams going to play. Up. Adams and Jones are also very limited this week. Um, He's going to play. But I'll say this. Doubt Aaron Rodgers at your own at your own uh, expense. I will not be doing so. Uh, Rodgers has um, confirmed that he has a fractured toe. Yes. That was confirmed last week. That was four hours ago he said that. 
Yeah, but he we knew he broke his toe last week. He confirmed it today, but we knew it was before the last game. He called it COVID toe. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I, I think um Ah man, this is Okay, what's your reasoning for picking the Packers against the Rams in this game? What's your reasoning? Because I think the Packers are a really good team. They're my Super Bowl pick. I'm going to keep going with that. And I think the Rams are backsliding a little bit. That Niners game was really bad, though. Yeah, 31-10 yeah, to 10 was, was the final there. <laughs> You're correct uh, about that. <laughs> that game was really embarrassing. So, uh, okay, I think the fact that it's a – Late season game in um, a late season game in November in Green Bay. I think that's why I may pick the the the, the Packers here. If Rodgers for some reason is unable to play this game, which I don't think will happen, but if something happens with that, I'm changing to the Rams. But I'll go with that for now. All right, let's quickly pick the next couple. Minnesota versus San Francisco. Minnesota coming off a big win at Green Bay. I'm going to take them over a San Francisco team that I really don't think is that good. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to put up nearly as many points as the Vikings can on a week-to-week basis. And I think the Vikings are going to make a little bit of an upward trajectory come back here. For this game, I'm... I'm again, I'm kind of conflicted on this one, but I think the Niners, their last two wins are both really, really evident of their strengths. I know that the Minnesota Vikings have also pulled off two um, eerily similar wins and uh, have finally gotten over the fact that they just could not win close games ever. But I think that the. Yeah, I might I might still stick with this. I, th- I think that may be the reason why that they, they win this game. I, I think I'll stick with the Niners. Um Minnesota's defense has been really abhorrent all season, and I think that's going to really hurt them in this game. All right, there we go. Sunday night football, the Browns versus the Ravens. And the Browns have been a little, um, what's the word, soft without Nick Chubb. But with Nick Chubb on the field, they have been absolutely electric. Uh, Ravens were without Lamar Jackson this week. He should be back this week. Nonetheless, I am still taking the Browns in this game. I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to have to do that much. I think Nick Chubb will shoulder the load for the most part and show everybody uh, who the second best running back in the AFC really is. Uh, For this game, again, assuming that Lamar Jackson is healthy and back and ready to go, I have the Ravens in this one. I think that Lamar Jackson has what it takes to put things together and get things done. And I think that the fact that the Ravens won without him last week, um, I think that more honestly shows to the fact how God awful the bears are yeah. more than anything. No, that's but um, yeah, thing. but the fact that the fact that Cleveland struggled that much against Detroit worries me here. And I get that they won the game, but the fact they now have to go on the road, this is in Baltimore and these teams will play again in three in uh, I think two weeks. Um, I know it's two meetings in three weeks, so yeah, in a couple weeks they'll play again. Uh, but Cleveland in their last few competitive games has been really up and down, and I just don't really feel incredibly confident about them. And I get that Chubb being back is helpful, but it's just, I, I don't know. I don't really like, again, uh, Baker Mayfield has had a foot, left shoulder, and groin injury. He didn't practice this week. Um, Kareem Hunt and Jack Conklin look to be back from injury return, possibly, which is good. But again, 
first games being back are always a little tough. So I'm going to still go with the Ravens here. They usually haven't steered me wrong on the season. And I think that Lamar Jackson being out is or being back in finally is going to be huge for this team. Again, if he still, for some reason has his injury still going, I don't think lightning will strike twice again. And I will agree with you and change um, to Cleveland. But if he is starting and ready to go and all in, then I'll be confident in the Ravens. All right. So Monday night football, a, horrendous monday night game wow this is terrible seattle versus washington um it's the average bowl in the case of two teams that you have no idea what either of these teams is going to do on a weekly basis uh, washington now without chase young for the year there's a chance that they could get montez sweat back uh but i I'm going to go with Seattle in this game. Uh, they haven't won since Russ got back. And I think for some reason, for some reason, I think they're going to pull another one out for Coach Carroll this week as he his seat is heating up a little bit. I got the Seahawks. I'm going with Washington here because they finally have gotten their act together. And I talked about this a few minutes ago, and I'm going to hammer it again, is that Seattle's defense has been absolutely, I mean, wildly bad this season. Absolutely wildly bad. And I think that they don't really have any answer for it. And if you're Washington, you just won back-to-back games that have looked pretty impressive. If you're Seattle, you haven't done anything impressive at all. In fact, you've gotten worse over your last few weeks where you had a bad overtime close loss to Pittsburgh, a bad close loss to New Orleans, and then you really lay a hammer down on Jacksonville, and then you do nothing against Green Bay, and then you embarrass yourself against Arizona when Arizona's missing 90% of its talent. So for me, I just don't really see anything in Seattle that gives me confidence in this game. And then for Washington, a team that's overall much better on nearly every metric, and I think that they're going to come out and do well here. Now, points allowed per game has been worse despite having a better defense and yardage. But last week, shutting down Cam Newton and Carolina, I think will will bode well um, for what Seattle has to show them because they just haven't been impressive at all. They haven't done anything really helpful. And um, I think Ricky Shields Jones um, could be solid at tight end. Logan Thomas, I think they just took off injured reserve. Um, but it looks like Washington could be a little bit of a better matchup here. Yeah, I, I I'm going with Seattle. I'm banking. I, I'm doing a lot of principal picks this week. This is a principal week. <laughs> week of thanks. Yeah, we'll principle. see how it works out. <laughs> it's about principal. Um, I, yeah, I'm gonna go with Seattle there. But that should do it for this episode of the Blanket Coverage Podcast. Thank you once again for tuning in. We will be back next week to recap this wonderful week of games. We are actually, I believe, going to try to get an episode in before. Before, uh, actually, no, that'll be the next week. I was going to say before the last college football rankings, we need to try to get an episode. And we'll do in. we'll do a pre a pre conference championship thing. So we'll get uh, those picks in for y'all and uh, get our basically our previews and our thoughts on who's going to win all of those uh, conference championship games and uh, basically our final regular season look. Absolutely. But once again, thanks so much for tuning in. We are certainly thankful for the people who listen to us. um, And we're both thankful uh, to be doing this podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Also, thanks to GTD Sports and Ryan and Elijah for asking us to come on. It's been a blast. We love doing this. But for now, I am Noah Parker. And I'm Jack Wallace. Peace out, y'all. Peace out, y'all.